this morning? Is everyone doing well? Is everyone doing well? Are you guys awake this morning? You guys at church today? Let's do this. All right. Um, for those of you that I haven't met, um, there's, I see some new faces in here. Those who haven't met, I'm Ben Schultz. I'm here on staff at the church. Um, and um, I grew up here in Warsaw. Um, my family had a, uh, a house uh, just up on the hill here. Actually, it was a, um, a trailer. And uh, we had a, a pretty good-sized family. We had um, six kids, so I had five brothers and sisters in a small trailer. So I spent a lot of time outside. Um, as you would imagine. And we, and we worked out good because we had, we had some land, we had some woods behind our house where I loved to spend a lot of time. And in those woods, thank you, young man, um, there was a ravine back there in, in the woods behind our house. It was a pretty good-sized ravine, a couple hundred feet or so down. Um, and we loved to go and play back there. Uh, when I was younger, we would climb down in the ravine and, you know, fish and get crayfish and swim and all this. It was, it was good. Fun. But, and then as I kind of got older, still hung out in the woods back there a lot. Um, had a lot of campfires and hanging out with friends and stuff like that. So I remember this one time when I was a, a teenager and um, hanging out with some friends. I was, I was actually out there with um, a good friend of mine who was, um, you know, a little bit of a troublemaker and not always making the best decisions. But he, he actually grew up and turned into be a pastor of a local church in the area, I won't give you his name, but, um, you know, turned into a fine, fine young man, surprise, surprise, so him and I and a few other friends were out there, and I think if I remember right, we had stayed out uh, at the campfire that night, and it was Saturday morning, and we were bored and looking for something to do, and like, try to think, you know, what would be good to do, so uh, my family had this old lawn tractor um, that was like, like, actually, I don't think it actually worked. And I think they was missing the deck. My dad was probably working on it or something. I don't remember what it was, but it didn't work. So we had this great idea, like, what if we push the lawn tractor into the woods and then down the ravine? And, then, and I think we were planning to ride it down the ravine, which is a pretty steep, pretty steep drop. Um, and actually, I remember thinking, because, um, you know, I'm not that dumb. I'm pretty smart. And I remember thinking, wait a minute this is a bad idea. Let me tell you why. My dad is going to be so mad. And my dad is going to make us get this lawn tractor out of this ravine. And I don't know how we're going to do that. It's really funny to me that like preserving my life was not really on the top of my list. Like the, the chances of death weren't really a, a stop. But it was the fact that I would have to pull that old lawn tractor back out of that ravine somehow. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. And I remember like, literally we're on the edge of the ravine with the lawn tractor like, wait a minute, maybe this is a bad plan. And thank goodness we did not ride that tractor down into that ravine because that would have been all kinds of bad, all kinds of stupid. And as I reflect on that moment, I have several times in my life, I look back and I think to myself, what was I thinking? Why did that seem like the best way to use a Saturday morning? What kind of notions, like this would be good to push a tractor into a ravine I don't I can't, to this day, I can't explain to you where that idea came from. Have you ever had that thought? Have you ever thought to yourself, look back and think, what was I thinking? Why did I think that was going to be good? And so that's what I want to ask you this morning. I want you to take a second and think, what am I thinking? What am I thinking? 
it's important to think about what you think about. I'll say it again in case you didn't get it the first time. It's important to think about what you think about. Um, Well-known pastor Craig Rochelle is fond of saying, your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thought. Your life moves in the direction of your strongest thought. The things you dwell on, the things you think about, the things that are always going around in your head, whether you know it or not, they determine how you feel and how you act and what you do. So it's important for us to think about what we think about. So this morning, we are going to be looking at Psalm 139. We are in the middle of a series about from Psalms, um, and so this is another one we're talking about uh, from Psalm 39, uh, our mind and what we can do with our mind and how we can be healthier in our thoughts and in our mind. So Psalm 139, if you have your Bibles, you can open there. Uh, if you don't, there's probably Bibles in the, in the chair in front of you or, or underneath you. Uh, you can turn to 139. I'm going to stay in 139 the whole time, so you can open that up. Psalm 139 was written by King David, and King David talks about his thoughts and what he was thinking. But I'll tell you, Psalm 139 is not a psalm about David's thoughts. Psalm 139 is about God's thoughts. It's about what God thinks. And by looking closely at what God is thinking about, I think it can help us to have some more healthy thoughts. So let's read uh, Psalm 139 together. If, if you've got it, you can follow along with me. Um, and I'll read it here. Starting right in verse 1, the very beginning, says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand on me. Such knowledge is too wonderful. It's too lofty for, for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn and I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand would guide me. Your right hand would hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious are your thoughts to me, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I am awake, I am still with you. Um, if you're following along in your Bibles, you'll notice I'm going to skip the next couple of verses, and I'm going to jump down uh, to verse 23. Um, that section there, 19 to 22, it kind of goes a different stream of thought, and we're going we're gonna to jump down to 23 and just stay on the same idea here. And it says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me 
and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Lord, as we look at this scripture this morning, we invite you to come and speak to us. Uh, We invite you to teach us from the word. Um, We invite you to search us. And if there's things, thoughts that need to be changed, change them. If there's new thoughts that we need, bring them to us. And Holy Spirit, we invite you in this place. This place. And together, everyone said. So, what does God think about? God thinks about us. God thinks about us. That's what I see in Psalm 139. Isn't that incredible? God of the universe, who made everything, who knows everything, he thinks about me. And he thinks about you, and you, and you, and everybody in this place, and everyone in the world, he thinks about us. And we would be overwhelmed if we really knew how much God thinks about us. David gives us a few like glimpses into this. He gives us a few like uh, insights into what God is thinking about us. So if you can look if you're following along in your Bible, you'll see the first couple of verses there. Um, David points out God knows everything about us. He says, "You know when I stand up. You know when I sit down. You can tell what I'm thinking even when you're far away. Even before I say it, you can tell what I'm thinking." You know when I'm going out, where I'm going, and you know when I'm coming back, and you know what I did when I was there. You're before me, you're behind me. He knows everything about us, which is a little daunting, right? And in fact, I love the way that David sums it up. He says, in verse 6, he says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Basically what he's saying is, God, that's too much for me right now. I, I can't even, that's too much. You know everything that I do and think and feel? Too much. We keep reading um, in the next couple of verses. We see that God goes everywhere we go. He said, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I hide from you? And David goes to like the extremes to make his point. He says, if I go up into the heavens, in the sky, you're up there. And if I go way down to the depths of the earth, you're there. If I go all the way to the other side of the world, you're there. And he's like doing the extremes of like anywhere I could possibly be, God will be there. Very true. But I think it's also helpful to think of it in less extreme terms. So this morning, here at church, God is here. But when we leave and we go home, God's there at our home. Monday morning, we go to work. God is there at work. You stop at Walmart on your way home. God is there. You go to your your kids' basketball games. God is there. You go out for dinner at a restaurant. God is there. Anywhere you go, near or far, he's there with you. And I think this is really an important thought to have. He doesn't just know where we go, he goes with us. God experiences those moments with us. Uh, A couple weekends ago, I went with my wife, Chelsea, um, and hung out with some of her high school friends, uh, kind of like a little little, uh, reunion and uh, they were sharing a lot of stories um, about high school and grade school and some of friends who weren't there, and they're talking about events that happened and teachers and different people. And I sat around with them, and I listened to their stories, and their stories were funny, and I, you know, I, I laughed along with their stories. But there's a real difference for me. I'm hearing about what happened. But for them, that group, they experienced it. And so when they talk about this teacher, 
they all start laughing and like, oh, I remember when that, that was so funny. And I'm like here going like, I don't, I don't get it. Someone explain to me what this is so funny here. And even if I, they did, I, I can know it, but that's not the same as feeling it. So I want to tell you that God goes with you. He doesn't just know where you've been and know what you do, but he goes with you and he experiences it with you. He feels what you have felt. He feels the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs. You have a hard day at work. You're not alone because he's there with you. You have a great day. You get a promotion at work and you feel awesome. He's there with you celebrating. You're having a hard day at home with your family. He feels that. He feels that tension and, and that pain. Things are going really, really well, and he's there. So if we keep going, God go, knows everything about us. He goes everywhere we go. Um, let's keep, keep going. Here's where it gets really good. It says, you created my inmost being. And in these verses, we see that God designed every part of you. God designed carefully, purposefully, he designed you the way you are. That's a wonderful thought. Get this. You are a reflection of God's creativity. You are a reflection of God. And whether you, whatever you're like, if you're really loud, or maybe you're a little quieter, or maybe you're really analytical, or maybe you're just, just get it done, maybe you're adventurous, easygoing, hardworking, funny, caring, quirky, whatever you are, whatever your personality is like, your personality is a reflection of God's creativity. Because he made you on purpose, and he does not make mistakes. Everything he does is good. Everything he does is good. Ever heard someone say, never buy a car built on a Monday or a Friday? Um, I had an old friend I used to work on cars with, and every time you'd come apart a something wrong with the vehicle, it wasn't working right, he'd say, ah, it must have been built on a Friday. And at first I didn't understand what he meant. But what he's saying is that like anything that comes off of a factory on a Monday or Friday is bound to have problems because Monday and Friday is when factory workers cut corners. You know, they're coming in tired on Monday morning, it's been a long weekend, they don't want to go back to work, no one's giving 100%. Friday, everyone's excited about the long weekend, that's going to exhaust them, and <laughs> they're ready to get out of there and they're just not putting in 100%. So anything built on those days is going to have problems. But I'm telling you, God doesn't cut corners. God doesn't make defects. There are no factory seconds. Every single one of you is a work of art. Every single one of you has been made the way you are on purpose. Like it or not, it's a reflection of God's creativity, and it's awesome. Um, so where are we going? Verse 16. Verse 16 is the verse that just blows my mind and, like, it messes me up when I think about it too much. Verse 16 is, um, all of my days were written in his book before I lived a single one of them. This is the stuff you can't think about too much because it hurts your brain. So he wrote down everything that I would do before I did anything. And if you already wrote it down, then do my choices really matter? And can I change things that have already been written? And then does he... Okay, so <laughs> we don't have to open that can of worms. But what's really cool to see is that God thought about you before you were. And he had a plan for you before you were. He had a plan for what you would do and who you would live with and what your family would be like and where you would go. I don't know how many of you guys um, are planners and you plan your family vacations. I am not. I like a free, easy-going family vacation, our vacation. But 
Some of y'all are uh, vacation planners, and some of you guys, I'm betting, probably have a plan, uh, vacation six, eight months from now, and you're already planning out every day. You know what time we're going to wake up, what we're going to eat for breakfast that day, where we're going to go, whose car we're going to take, who's going where, what we're doing later. You guys know what I'm talking about? Some people like to plan exactly what happens. And the reason is they're thinking about the people. They're thinking, I wonder what the kids are going to enjoy eating. I wonder what my parents are going to enjoy doing. I wonder at what point they're all going to get tired and need a nap. I wonder what we're going to do later. I wonder what snacks we're going to want. And they're just thinking through what's going to make the best use of that time. How can we enjoy that the most, right? You guys following with me? Um, isn't it cool to think that God did the same thing for you? He looked at your life and he said, hmm, what's going to be the most fun? What are they going to enjoy the most? What kind of people should I put in their life that are going to be really good for them? Where can I lead them? What can I do? Now, it goes without saying, we don't always follow God's plan. You know, he has a plan every, every moment. We don't always follow that plan. We don't always do what's best because sometimes we think we know better and sometimes we get off of track. But isn't it cool to think that He's already thought it out. So in the first half of this chapter, David really drives home this point that God thinks about us a lot. He thinks about us before we were. He thinks about us now that we are. And he experiences life with us. And that thought can be comforting. That thought could be a little bit terrifying. That God knows everything about you and sees everything you do. It's a little bit terrifying, right? And I think it depends how much you trust him. If you suspect that God is out to get you, if you think God is looking at your life, looking for reasons to judge you, then him knowing everything would be really terrifying, right? Maybe I watch too many spy movies, but I picture this, like, the, the guy who's like, he's like, I want you to follow him. I want you to know where he's going, where he spends his money. I want to know what kind of toothpaste he uses. I want you to know everything about him because he's out to get him. That's not what God is like. If, that, if that's you, if you have that scary feeling about God knowing everything about you, you're missing the heart of God. If you believe that God is loving and you believe he's wise and you believe he is forgiving and gracious, then it would bring you a lot of comfort to know that he sees everything you do, and he knows what you're thinking and you're feeling. That should bring you a lot of comfort that the God who made you and cares about you is experiencing life with you. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you have ever felt like no one notices me? Like nobody would miss me if I didn't show up today. No one sees what I do. But I'm telling you, God sees you. God notices you. God appreciates who you are and what you do. And even if nobody else does, God sees you. How precious to me are God's thoughts. That's what David says in verse 17. How precious are God's thoughts to me. The word precious, the word that's used there, it means something like really valuable, really rare or um, something you really treasure. I picture like maybe like some diamonds or some gold or something like that, but something that's like super valuable that you want to like keep close or you want to hide so nobody else can steal and you, you know where it is and you keep track of it. That's what, what David is saying. God's thoughts 
our, tr- our precious treasure. Like you, uh, probably, I've received a lot of uh, letters and cards and notes in my life. Um, and a lot of those things, are, they're just notes and you, you know, if it's mail, maybe it's like if it's junk mail, you don't even read it, you just throw it away, right? Maybe if it's a letter that's not that important, you might open it and read it and then you throw it away. If it's a card, like, like a Christmas card, maybe you feel bad throwing it away, so you look at it, you keep it around for a week or so, and then you throw it away, you know? Um, you hang on to it maybe a little bit longer. But then there are a few notes and letters and cards that we treasure the most, and we never throw them away. I have a few notes from my wife that are especially meaningful to me. Um, I haven't kept all the cards and letters she's written me over the years, but there are a few that have say some things that are especially meaningful, and I save those, and I keep those, and I treasure those, and I value those. Those thoughts are so precious to me. And if God wrote you a card with his thoughts to you, his thoughts about you, wouldn't you treasure that? Wouldn't you keep that? You wouldn't throw that one away. You'd keep that. You'd keep that. Because we value his thoughts. This is, why, this is one of the reasons why reading the Bible is so important. It's, it's one of the ways that God shares his thoughts with us. And we value his thoughts when we read them, we get to get a glimpse of who he is, and we get a glimpse of how he sees us and what he wants from us. And that is something that we should put a lot of value in. That is something we should treasure. Now, I need to admit something to you. We're in the middle of a um, Psalms reading challenge. Um, and if this is your first time hearing about the Psalms reading challenge, there are some booklets in the back. You're welcome to take one, jump on board, read along with us. But I need to admit something to you, is that the, I'm the one who came up with the Psalms reading challenge idea. I'm the one who picked the Psalms that we've been reading. I'm the one who made the booklets. I'm the one who's been telling everybody that they should read the book of Psalms together. Guess what? I haven't been super... Um, faithful in my reading of the book of songs. And I feel terrible about this because I'm the one who's telling everybody else to do it, and I haven't been really great at that. And I realized as I was preparing this, like, it's one thing to say, I value God's word. But then I look at my life, and I'm like, but do I value it? Am I willing to drag myself out of bed a little bit earlier so I have time reading it? Am I willing to turn off the TV and spend a little bit of time reading it? Am I willing to, to memorize a little bit of it? And take it with me as I go. Like, you can value it with your words, but do you value it with your actions? Do you treasure it? Is it precious to you? Can I tell by your actions? And so I was challenged, like, I, I really need to, uh, if I value it, I need to make more space for it in my life. I'm just being honest with you guys about where I'm at there. Let me ask a question. How many of you have a favorite scripture? When I say, what's your favorite scripture? There's a verse that comes to mind, okay? Um, I have like, it's hard for me to pick. I have like 10 favorite scriptures that come to mind. Um, but I remember one that stands out is I remember when I was younger, I memorized um, 1 Timothy 1.7, which says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And it's real short. It was easy for me to memorize when I was younger. And I memorized that when I was going through a time in my life as a young, young man where I was really insecure and I felt like I wasn't as smart as other people. I wasn't as capable as other people, um, and I just felt really nervous around people, and I felt fearful and and just shy. And I've read that verse over and over again, and it was, God said to me, Ben, I have not given you a spirit of fear. I have given you a sound mind. And I just, I memorized that, and like, that stuck with me. 
And that's still one of my favorite scriptures. It's precious to me that God says that about me, that God thinks that about me, that God says um, that he hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but he's given me all the tools that I need to be the man that he called me to be. And I'm assuming if you have a, a favorite scripture verse, if you have a favorite uh, um, scripture, it probably says something about God's opinion of you. It probably speaks to who you are and how he feels about you. Those are some of those precious thoughts that we need to value. So we're going we're gonna to skip uh, the next couple of verses, and we're going to jump down to uh, verse 22 and 23. Um, this is where David finishes up this psalm. And um, David invites God to continue searching him. He said, like, God, you know me. You've seen everything. You follow me around. I can't get away from you. You made me. You planned me. And then he ends by saying, continue searching me. Continue knowing me. Find anything else in me. And uh, so he says, like, um, what does he say? Search, my, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. And so the word thoughts that's there is actually different than the word thoughts that's used elsewhere in this psalm. There are other places in this psalm where David talks about God knows my thoughts from afar. Here, the word thought is different. And the word has the meaning of unsettling. And here you can see in this translation, it's translated anxious thoughts. So they're not just, not just saying, God, know what I'm thinking. God, know what things in me are causing anxiety. Know what things in me are unhealthy. Know what things in me are worrisome. Anyone here have any anxious thoughts? I um, know about you, but I usually try to ignore any anxious thoughts that I have. Um, I try to hide any anxious thoughts that I have. I try not to acknowledge them, pretend they're not there, and they go away, right? That works well. Um, but here, David is asking God to highlight them. David is saying, God, no, come, if you see something in me that's, that's you know, unhealthy, point it out. Draw, draw my attention to it. And I think David is able to do this because he trusts God. He knows that God isn't going to point out his, his anxious thoughts and make fun of him for it or point out his anxious thoughts and then, like, judge him for it. He knows asking God to point out his anxious thoughts is the fastest way to a healthy thought life. Asking God to find your weaknesses is the fastest way to health. Um, every he year here at the church, once a year, we have a uh, building safety inspection. And the inspector will walk through our building and, and look for safety things. He'll check the um, fire extinguishers and the smoke detectors and the exit signs and the emergency lights. And he just checks all of this, these things to make sure everything is working. And often, the inspector will point out a thing here or there that needs to be fixed. Um, you know, batteries die in, in smoke detectors, or units expire and need to be replaced. It's sometimes lights, light bulbs go dim, and, and this and that. And I'm going to be honest, sometimes it's a little bit of a hassle. Um, and I'm just like, oh, we really have to fix that. And now we have to, you know, replace this and order that. And, and I have to remind myself, whenever he's here, I have to remind myself, I am grateful for this inspection. If there's a dead, a dying smoke detector in this building, I would rather find out about it in a routine safety inspection than to find out about it in a building fire, right? If there's a missing, like there's an emergency light that's gone dead, I want to know about that before we need it, before there's an emergency, right? Um, 
And I think the same thing is, is true of us. If there's anxious thoughts in me, if there are unhealthy thoughts in me, it would be better to hear about that from God than for those things to come out when I'm going through like a meltdown and I just fall apart personally, right? It would be better to give God some space to draw that to my attention before it becomes something worse. And that's why, like David, I invite God to search me. Come search my heart. Come investigate my heart. Do an inspection of my heart and my thoughts. And if there's anything that doesn't line up with what you say about me, then point it out. If there's anything that's unhealthy or causing harm, point it out. Weed it out. Work it out. So the lesson I want to give you, the lesson from Psalm 139 is this. Get in the habit of asking God what he thinks about you. Get in the habit of asking God what he thinks about you. Um, with the beginning of the year, it's a good time to start some new habits for the year. So this is one I would, I would, I would suggest. Make this a habit. Maybe make yourself a note. What does God think? Put that on your mirror or your dashboard or somewhere you'll see that on your phone maybe. What does God think? And then when you start to think to yourself like, ah, I screwed that up, ask yourself, what does God think about that? Or maybe you think like, ah, I'm an idiot. What does God think about you? And begin to ask him what he thinks. David made it clear that God thinks us about us a lot. And he knows us. He knows why we do things, and he knows how we do things. And those thoughts are precious, and we need to value them. Because God's opinion of you is more valuable than anyone else's. And I'm sure you know that, but you need to hear it. God's opinion is more valuable than anyone else's. God's opinion is more valuable than your family or your friends or your neighbors, even more valuable than your spouse's opinion of you is what does God think about you? God's opinion, this is, this is for you, God's opinion is certainly more important than some random person on Facebook who's trashing you online. You can just delete that, okay? You can put that out of your life. You don't even need that. What really matters is what God thinks about you. And here, hear me, this is the most important thing I want you to hear. God's opinion of you is more valuable than your own. It's more valuable than what you think about you. You think you know you well, guess who knows you better? God knows you better than you. You think you've overthought a situation? How many of you guys here overthink a situation about what I should have said or why I said it or whatever? You can't overthink God. He thought about it more than you thought about it. David said, if I tried to count your thoughts, it would be like counting grains of sand, and I would fall asleep, and I'd wake up, and there would still be more. God, you can't overthink God. He's thought about you way more. And God's thoughts carry more weight than your thoughts. Newsflash, God is smarter than you. <laughs> How many of you needed to hear that? God is smarter than you. And his thoughts carry more weight than yours. So if you could imagine with me, just uh, imagine with me that there's a scale right here, okay? And on this side, we're going to put all of my thoughts about myself, who I think I am, what I think I'm good at, what I think I'm bad at. All of my thoughts about me are on this side of the scale. And on this side of the scale is one thing that God thinks that's true about me. If I put those two on a scale, which do you think has more weight? I certainly hope that what God thinks about me carries more weight than what I would think. 
So put it to you like this, another way. If you look in the mirror a hundred times and you say, I'm ugly, but God says once, you are fearfully and you are wonderfully made. Who's right? Who's right? What you think and what you feel or what God has said about you? And I'm telling you, God's, God's thoughts are more valuable than yours. And God's thoughts are precious. We need to replace our anxious thoughts with God's precious thoughts. We need to put those thoughts in our head. And I know that's easier said than done. I know that's hard to do because our brains do crazy things, right? Especially when you get in a moment and you're faced with a problem or someone's upsetting you. Your brain goes crazy places, right? And it's hard in that moment to say, let's think this through. What does God really think in this moment? It's hard to do that, right? So I'll tell you the best way to do that is to spend time reading God's Word. We have more than enough exposure to our own thoughts, right? But we need a little more exposure to God's. And we need to spend time reading his word and maybe listening to people talk about it, sharing with friends about it, coming to church on Sunday. Expose ourselves to what does God think? And if we could do that in the morning, we could do that in the evening, we could do that at different parts throughout the day when we're thinking about it, then hopefully when we're in that moment and those anxious thoughts come in, We'll remember, what is, remember to ask, what does God think? What does God think about this? So we're going to end right here, but I'm going to end, I'm going to give you a moment um, of just a quick moment of prayer, okay? And actually, I'm not going to pray for you. I'm going to invite you to pray um, for yourself. And here's what I'm going to ask you to pray. I'm going to ask you to pray the words that David prayed in Psalm 23 and 24, 139, verses 23 and 24. I'm going to invite you to end this morning's service by making this prayer the prayer that's in your heart. We thank you, Lord, that you are so good and gracious. We thank you that you know us and that you see us, that you think about us. We come to you in a place of need and we ask you, search us and know us. Remove those anxious, untrue, unhealthy thoughts from us and lead us in your way. Pray that your goodness and your grace would go with us as we go. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you all for being.